Hi, everybody. This is Matt. Just a real quick heads up before we get started here. Uh, when we communicate through electronic devices and the Internet, the sound is always, uh, almost always a little bit off. And so I want to apologize ahead of time. This is a real powerful word from an, an amazing man, and we are very appreciative of his uh, taking the time uh, to speak with us. But it is through Zoom, and there's some limitations to that. So I apologize in advance for the crackles and the noises and stuff like that. So enjoy. Well, hello and welcome to Roaring Hearts Podcast. My name is Matt. Hi, I'm Nancy. And today we are privileged to have a gentleman named Robert Becker. Robert is a prophet and an awesome man of God and a personal friend. Uh, we're going to discuss some of the things that he does in his ministry. So just stay with us. We'll be right back. Hello, and thank you for joining Roaring Hearts Podcast. Your hosts are Matt and Nancy Davenport, founders and leaders of Roaring Hearts Revival Ministries where our focus is to develop and publish Christian literature that is meant to empower and facilitate your walk with Jesus. Ultimately, to bring strong discipleship, create merciful hearts for a lost world, and to follow the mandate of the Great Commission of Jesus Christ. And now, Matt and Nancy. Welcome back to Roaring Hearts Podcast. We want to welcome Robert Becker, uh, Robert is a prophet, an awesome man of God, and just to give you some background on our connection, recently Nancy and I have become associated with Anchor Bay Evangelistic Association, or ABEA, when they had approved my connection with them as an ordained minister. They had Robert give me a call. Now, I had never met Robert, didn't know him from Adam. And uh, so he was calling me to welcome me into their organization, but something clicked. It was funny because I think his intention was just to say, hi, welcome aboard. Uh, nice to have you. God love you. And then goodbye. But that actually took three hours. We actually spoke on the phone for a solid three hours about all kinds of stuff about how God was working in our lives and stuff. And it was just an, I felt so blessed and so excited after that. And so as we begin to work our way into the new format of the podcast, one of the topics uh, that I wanted to discuss was the prophetic. And, and I think it's a really a, a part of the church that has kind of been uh, set aside. I believe it is on the rise I believe it is coming back and that God is using it to uh, build his church. But uh, as I was thinking on these different topics, especially the fivefold ministry, uh, which is apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers, I, I immediately thought, you know, I, I wonder if Robert would be interested. And so we have since connected in several different ways. And uh, so we want to welcome Robert to our little shindig this morning now i will use southern words to try and put you at ease as we discuss this morning robert is extremely southern which you will hear from his voice this guy has blessed me in the very short time that we've known each other blessed me tremendously robert welcome 
Thank you, Matt. Nancy, it has been a pleasure just to get to know you all. More you, Matt, than Nancy. I think it's the first time me and Nancy's actually spoke. And it has been, I mean, it was a fast connection. I've, I've had fast connections before, and like I shared with you about, I know that, uh, and I may be jumping ahead of schedule. I'm not for sure because. You're, you're uh, fine, brother. Preach on. Okay. Uh, received Christ when I was five or six years old. I was so young. I can't remember exact dates, you know, uh, was raised up in church. I did slip and fall away from church. And I did get involved with drugs and alcohol. Woke up at a drug rehab at the age of 15. During all of this time, my mom, whether I was high or drunk, it didn't matter. It was time for church. It was time for church. You and it didn't matter how you were. You, if you were still asleep, you got your ears rung off your head and you went to church. But by the time I was 10, uh, some things started happening. I, I become very angry, very bitter. My mom divorced my dad. We were, uh, we, she had already been separated. We moved from Baltimore to Kentucky. And you're talking about a culture shock. You leave a city and come into a country. Three years later, because we moved when I was seven, three years later, my mom met her uh, next husband, got married, and I was very angry about it, very bitter. I thought that my dad and mom would get back together. That's what I prayed for, thought it was going to happen. But through all that, through the bitterness, through the anger, got it, I run from God, run from the calling, because at, at the age of eight, I can remember Sister Halsey, uh, which was uh, the pastor's wife, she was a choir leader. Mom and Sister Halsey would get back in the in the back room and pray, and that's what they would do. So they called me into their they called me into the uh, back room where they were praying one day. I was I was uh, eight years just had turned eight. Sister Halsey come over and laid hands on me. She says, uh, "Bobby, can I speak something to you?" And I said, "Yeah." And, and I mean, best that eight year old could really understand. And she says, "God has a great calling on your life." And she began to expound the word of God. And that was one of the very first times that I really experienced prophesying. After that, I mean, it just like it exploded in my life. And I'm talking to grown people and saying, God's saying this about you and seeing it come to pass. God's saying this and you need to be careful of this and, and really begin to prophesy at the age of eight, not even really knowing what I was doing. Later on, about eight, eight or nine years old, I met a little lady called Sue Lawson. And she and my mom were Cub Scout leaders together in the same Cub Scout group. Uh, they were den mothers together. And uh, Sue and mom began to pray. And then Sue would just lay hands on us and pray over us. And then when I got out of the drug rehab and stuff, mom was connected with a lady named Patty Purvis. And Patty Purvis was the same way. And she began to prophesy God's love over me. And she began to prophesy a bunch of things into my life that, that I see coming to fruition. And Sue Lawson and Patty, uh, if you ever see my text to them, I call them mama. And because that's what they are. They're my spiritual mothers. They've raised me up as well as my mother had. Okay, uh, I did. I had Sue. I had mom. I had Patty. Went to a church of God. Uh, was allowed to uh, speak in tongues and prophesy as the Lord give utterance, really de started developing the role of being a prophet, learning how to walk in, in, walk in that anointing when everybody else was falling out drunk in the spirit. I had to learn to stand. I had to be the one that was, was there, that was a solid person. One of the people that were very key in teaching me this was uh, Janet and Randall Green. My 
oldest boy was one years old, very bad, sick. Me and my wife was on the way to go to the hospital and we stopped at my mom's. And my mom told me, says, your brother is up here at this little church. They're having a revival. He's been going there for a little while. Why don't you go up there and see? Me and Diane, my wife, went there. A friend of her family, uh, Claudie Little, was, was sitting in there. And he was up speaking and, and prophesying in the church. When we opened the door up, he stopped what he was doing. And he looked at us and he said, I was wondering when you were coming. And I said, what do you mean? He said, the Lord already showed me that you were coming and you were bringing a sick baby. He grabbed the child out of my wife's hands and he wrapped him up and he began to, he began to uh, speak in tongues and, and they anointed him with oil. And I would have to say to this very day, except for a sniffle, my son has not been sick a day since. That's what pro- that is how prophecy works. It's a foretelling of what's to come and what is supposed to happen. And it has power and it has anointing that would break bondages. Uh, was ordained under Janet Randall Green's ministry as, as a preacher, pastor, uh, evangelist, whatever you want to call what I was doing at the time. But they developed that inside of me. And this is where I begin to talk about being able to walk in authority, being able to handle that authority as you begin to walk. Because anything that you see in the word of God, it talks about speaking. God spoke the world into existence. He prophesied the world into existence. Uh, So everything you see in the word comes from the speech or, or from the prophetic. And, and so when the people say that they don't under, they don't believe in the prophetic anymore, they don't believe in that. Well, that's the, just to go to say that they don't believe that this world ever existed. Well, thank you for that. We're going to step away for just a second for our sponsor, which is Willamette Valley Christian supply and Hallmark gold crown store with Kevin Ferguson. Awesome guy. We love him. So let's just break away for that real quick, and we'll be right back. Hi, everyone. This is Matt Davenport. I have a friend here in Albany, Oregon, who is just an amazing man of God. He and his wife own and operate the Willamette Valley Christian Supply Store in our own Heritage Mall. It is also a gold crown hallmark store. Their website is christiansupplyandoutlet.com. Again, that is christiansupplyandoutlet.com. Such an awesome thing to have in our own neighborhood. His name is Kevin Ferguson, and he might be one of the most personable people I have ever met. It is really an honor to know these people. My wife and I shop there on a regular basis. The store sells a huge variety of Bibles and many different translations, dozens and dozens of Christian and family-based books, from authors like Francis Chan, Sarah Young, Gary Chapman, Dave Ramsey, Priscilla Scherer, and hundreds more, even a few of my own. And they have all the beautiful things you'd expect from a Gold Crown Hallmark store. Cards for every occasion, gifts for everyone in your family, coffee mugs like you wouldn't believe, journals and devotionals, Christian DVDs, tons of music, church supplies, and more. And Kevin is always happy to order something special on the off chance it's not in stock. Remember their website, christiansupplyandoutlet.com. 
From there, you can link to their Jumag catalog and see the latest sales and get a better idea of just how much this amazing little store can offer you. If you forget their web address, just Google Christian Book Albany, Oregon, and they will be the first site to come up. Okay, and we are back, and we are with uh, Robert Becker, good friend and awesome man of God, a prophet. He has been describing to us what has brought him to where he is now, and that is an active um, member of Anchor Bay Evangelistic Association, or ABEA, which is also the organization that I'm ordained through, and this is how Robert and I became friends, and uh, just a just an amazing, amazing story of his life. Robert, tell us, just just kind of give us an, a brief synopsis of the definition of what prophecy is. Really, just to really be a very brief definition, it is a foretelling of, of things that come. There, you can look it up in the Old Testament, New Testament, it all means the same. It, it really, it's a, a spoken word with the inspiration or under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit. It's an utterance. It's a song. Word says to uh, uh, have the spiritual sayings and, and spiritual psalms and hymns. They come through the utterance of the Holy Ghost. I mean, you can break it down. You can look it up. Uh, 97% of the word prophecy in the Old Testament actually means a prediction or an utterance or a song. Literally, 97% of that is. And if you look up the other... It's a word spoken by a prophet in, in a nutshell. And it's the same in the New Testament. When you look up the word prophecy in the New Testament, it's an inspired word spoken by a prophet or a man of God. All right. All right. So explain the difference between being gifted in the prophetic and walking in the office of a prophet. The word says that, that all the gifts are given through the will of the Holy Ghost. The Holy Ghost gives unto the people uh, different giftings. And we've, we've got to look at giftings as different than offices. Because the word, I really feel like anybody that's filled with the Holy Ghost can prophesy if they're listening. We all have dreams and premonitions and may see visions and don't really understand what we're seeing or what we're doing. I mean, people say, man, I just had deja vu or, or I seem like I've experienced this before. And we just wasn't attuned to what the Holy Ghost was trying to tell us or trying to warn us. A lot of people call it deja vu. A lot of people say, man, I seen a picture or this word just popped into my mind. And a lot of times that's exactly what it is. They are that it's words of prophecy, words of knowledge, words of wisdom that we can actually get into when you really want to start breaking it down and getting into it and, and looking at the at the scripture per se. Uh, he talks and uh, Paul actually talks to, to the Corinthians. He doesn't never address the office. He doesn't address actually the office until he gets into Ephesians where he actually addresses the office of the prophet, the apostle, the uh, pastor, the teacher, the evangelist, the fivefold ministry, and they are actual offices. Anybody that has a gift of gab and can look up scripture can preach, but not everybody is called a pastor. Anybody can, can give, and we see motivational speakers all over the universe. They, they get paid big, big money, 
I love to teach, but am I called to be a teacher? There's a lot of people can teach. We see it in the school systems all over the world. But who is truly called? Who really changes lives by the words they speak and encourage people to grow in what they're doing? I can teach you two plus two is four. But to really get it down into your spirit, you have to walk in that office. The word says that the word says that we can all prophesy. He tells us that. He says, seek after the most desired gift, which is prophecy. Because prophecy edifies the church. It exhorts the church. It lifts the church up. A prophet does more than just that. A prophet brings direction to the church. The, a prophet will a prophet sits underneath the authority of the church. And there's a lot of times I say, I really feel like this is where God's wanting us to go. And, and I say it before service or two or three days before service. The next thing I know when we, when we begin, this is the way the service gets orchestrated. Now, do I do that all the time? No, but you know, there are certain times that God says, boom, I want to be an impact right here. Or I want the, the, I want the sound to sound this way. And you begin to speak that. And it's really, after you speak, it's really up to the pastor to decide which way do I go? What do I mean by that? Look at Samuel. When Samuel went to Saul, he said, God wants you to do this. And God expects this done. And next thing you know, Saul's disobedient in that. And he falls into judgment. And so a prophet Yes, he lifts up the church. Yes, he does all the things that other people prophesying does, but he also he also brings a word of correction when it's needed. He brings a word of direction because that's God's mercy upon the earth. If I see you run in a certain way, not everybody has the authority to speak into your life and say you're going the wrong way. And because you're not going to listen to everybody, you're going to wait till you have somebody that's in authority, that's walking in a place where they're supposed to walk, that's called of God, doing what God has called them to do, and walking in the office they're supposed to be walking in. Then you pay attention. So as, as we see the prophetic movement that has become a little bit more a mainstay in the church over the last few years, um, what, what benefits does the prophetic bring to the church and as well to the, the individual who's still an unbeliever. Let's speak about the unbeliever first. Okay. Because mm -hmm. I think if, if we're all about the kingdom business, it's always about the unbeliever and, and winning that soul for Christ. The word says, I'm, I'm going to paraphrase because I don't want to get it down, but it talks about that, that the prophetic word, spoken to an unbeliever brings him to a point of repentance because it shows him who he really is. It edifies the church, but when it's spoken with an unbeliever present, it brings him to his, it opens, it, it reveals who he is and opens him up and brings him to a point where he falls upon his knees. So a prophetic word to the unbeliever is an assurance word that Christ loves him. 
Okay. Even if it shows his faults, it's saying, look, you've done all these things wrong, but God's still there ready to forgive you. He's ready to accept you. That's what it's all about. To the church, it edifies. It lifts them up. It encourages them. It comforts them. And that's the, that's the thing of a prophet. That's the prophetic word to the church. Okay. It can, and some of that exhortation is correction. Some of it is just lifting them up and saying, look, God loves you. God's here for you. God wants to do this in your life. God wants to heal the brokenhearted, the one that's been church hurt, the one that's been uh, that the relationship hurts. God's wanting to heal that. But to heal that, he needs you to come up and physically say, this is what's happening. We got to get out of the physicality of that hurt, but get into the spirituality of that hurt because we worship God in spirit and in truth. And God is a spirit. So he deals with the spiritual side of man. On the other hand, there's others that, that uh, and I think this is where the pastors get at. This is why the pastors are so, uh, you see so many pastors that are raised up and strong against prophetic words is because there's a lot of flakes out there too. I mean, when, when you have somebody that comes in and gives a prophetic word and it's the same word for every single person, maybe they may change the wording a little bit, but it's the same word for every single person. Is it truly a prophetic word? Is it truly coming from God? Is it just coming by uh, what, what I call it's more sensual, more pleasing, it's more wanted than it was spiritual? And it could bring death. I think we need to be real careful in those areas. I think there's a crossover that happens uh, in that, and the person uh, who is bringing a word may be sincere and uh, believe that they're doing well, but I think that moves into a horoscope type mentality, and which uh, you know I, I don't I don't pay any attention to horoscopes these days. But I remember when I was younger, and I would I would read them from time to time. There was a reality within horoscopes where there was a repetition of almost the same statement, reworded, uh, twisted around, uh, and always this this you know common thread of it being okay. Somebody with a good imagination could have wrote this. So I think that unfortunately that is that is something that gets used in the prophetic. I think that one of the struggles is the lack of accountability and the lack of relationship that happens in these circumstances. And I read a book here recently called Translating God by Sean Bowles. And that was one of the things that he emphasized, that there has to be a shift in the responsibility and accountability of these people who are being used. They may be completely engulfed in the Holy Spirit and their, their prophetic voice may be completely legitimate, but we can't let that legitimate prophecy be something that we're not held accountable for when we give it to them. Because what it does is it causes that person to shift gears, to go a certain direction. And then we're like hands off and, and it's like, okay, I gave it to you. And then you walk away. And that's not how it works. And, and, you know, in scripture, we see when a prophetic voice was given, the prophet was responsible for that for what they're saying yes. and what the actions are taken. And, and one thing, one thing that I do bar none, bar none. When I give a prophetic word, I bring somebody with me. I call the pastor of the church because again, a, a prophet is subject to authority. 
and prophetic words should be subject to some type of authority, some type of accountability, exactly what you're saying. I bring the pastor and I say, I have a word for this person. Is it okay that I give it? And I have them sit there and listen because ultimately when I leave that church, I leave that church. I'm not there to make sure that word comes into effect. I'm not there to make sure anything happens. That pastor has to deal with the aftermath of that word. And if I speak, I mean, if I go in there and I say, oh, God's going to give you a million dollars. God's going to do this. God's going to do that. And I've heard people, maybe not a million dollars, but I've heard people give them types of prophetic words. And then these people are sitting down and on their laws and are standing on this word and it never comes to pass. Then they have to go to the pastor. Why didn't, what am I doing inside of me? That's not bringing this word to pass. Nothing that prophet or that person, whether they had good intentions or not, they got out of the spiritual and got into the sensual because they want. And a lot of times it's, I want so much for you to have this stuff that it, it leaves the spiritual and becomes sensual. I will go on to say this much. 90% of the stuff that I get never gets spoken. And here's the reason, because a lot of times to be a true prophet, you first have to be an intercessor. Not all intercessors are prophets, but all prophets are intercessors. And they're called into intercession. And we're called to, to battle on behalf, to go into warfare for those that can't or those that don't see. We're called to be intercessors and we have to be. We have to know the word because the only, the only judge between a modern prophet and what is spoken is the word. It says to judge all prophecy by the prophets and by the word, which means the written word of God. And if it doesn't line up with the written word of God, throw it away, put it on a shelf and see what happens to it. Well, let's, uh, let's finish off with one more question, Nancy. Um, where do you see the prophetic going right now, and will it have a long-term effect on the people of our country and or the world as a whole? I see, I see, the, I see prophets arising more and more. And yes, I think that as we understand prophecy and, and the role of a prophet, we're going to see that we're going to see things turn. We're going to see tides turn in a great way in the church itself as they embrace it, as it truly was meant to be embraced. Uh, we're going to see things happen. We're going to see the miraculous come back. Uh, we're going to see these the, the clouds of glory. It has to. OK, as the end times approach, these things have to happen. Okay, because we as saints are not going to be able to endure without the prophetic. Because that's going to come times that, that it may be, you know what, there's things happening, you need to hide or you need to go and stand out. And as we stand out, I mean, just like Peter, as he stood up when everybody was against, when everybody was against the, the apostles. Uh, right after Jesus was hung on the cross and was raised again uh, on the day of Pentecost, he stood up and he preached the word and there were 3,000 saved in one preaching. That wasn't because he was a gifted speaker. That was because he was, a, he was an apostle and a prophet of God that spoke the word of God clearly 
and brought the church, brought these sinners to points of repentance. Um, I, I believe that the prophetic is a huge, huge portion of today's church and uh, that it's going to continue, like you were saying, it will continue to grow and it will continue to be a vital part of who we are as Christians. And I think a lot of people who are currently as Christians rejecting the prophetic will turn their hearts and be open to that in the coming days. And part of it is, is because of the refining of the prophetic, yes. the refining of, of what it means. It's not just somebody and, and you know, I was raised Pentecostal and, and, you know, uh, despite that, the, the, the examples, the greatest examples of the prophetic was somebody jumping up in the middle of the service and, and rattling off a bunch of, of language and tongues that many times was not interpreted. There's a need for, for the refinement of, of what it, this gift that God has given us and how we are supposed to be using it biblically, not random. So I, I think we will definitely be revisiting this. Give us a parting shot, just a you know, just a brief thing, maybe a word that, that the Lord has given you, whatever it is. One one thing that I really, really want to encourage people, ones that are are unsure, that are unsure, is what he's saying true, is what he's saying accurate, is say, God, reveal to me. Open me up. I lay here and Put all pre preconceived ideas aside. Put say, Lord, I lay my agenda down. I lay all my beliefs down. Show me exactly what it is. Begin to reveal to me your will in my life. And as He begins to show that, as He begins to open that up, and if you truly are seeking after God, I had a I had a man, uh, the head usher of the church that I was going to at the time. We were in a car and he said, Robert, what do you believe about the end times? And I began to expound on to him of what I believed about the end. And he says, no, he said, shut up. And I know that's harsh, but he said, shut up. He said, what you're doing is you're just regurgitating the things that you've been taught. He said, what do you believe about the end times? And I began to, again to expound on things that I've been taught. And he says, no, you're not understanding. He said, what do you and I had to I had to come to that conclusion. You know, everything that I everything that I'm thinking about is stuff that man told me. I never searched the scripture out myself. And when I did, I come to a certain a lot of things I agree with, but there's certain things that I just could not wrap my mind around that I had to say, you know what, they mean good, but they're not really teaching correctly. And ever since then, yes, you may tell me one thing and you may teach me one thing, but I've got a mind of Christ that I can read the scripture and I can pray, God, give me revelation. Indeed. So I leave you with that. Give me revelation, God. I'm always fond of the things that Paul taught. And he referenced the Bereans and how that even though what Paul was teaching, we knew to be accurate. He admired the Bereans because they said, well, that's great. We love it. Sounds awesome. Let's go check it. And we need to be able to do that. We need to be able to say, what does is, what is the word say about it? What is God's word? What's the foundation? Well, Robert, how can people get a hold of you? I'm on Facebook, Robert Becker. You'll see a big Transamerica sign. 
my phone number is 606-359-1747. And I say, if you decide to call me, be very cognizant. I live in the Eastern time frame. I'm open day and night. If you really need me during the midnight hour, my phone's always turned on. Well, God bless you, sir. Thank you so much for your time today. Listen, we do need to plan on another session. The prophetic is a is a very large topic. We would love to be able to, to meet with you again and discuss this a little bit further. But thank you so much for your time today. Thank you for being involved. Thank you for the work you're doing in the kingdom. Bless you. I love you all. Thank you for asking me to be part of this. Man, you all are going to explode God's kingdom with the stuff that you're doing. Yep. Thank you, Robert. Love you, man. Love you. Bye. You have been listening to the Roaring Hearts podcast. Thank you for joining us. If you have questions or comments, you can connect with us through our website at rhrministries.org.